It's great to see you today. Welcome to those who are online on Facebook Live and worship those listening to this sermon later on um, on the church podcast. And all of you who are here in person, it's great to see you today. Our scripture lesson comes to us from the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Listen for God's word to you. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called, called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this Sunday is the last Sunday in our sermon series that's all about spiritual practices of faith. We have been exploring week by week the ways that each of us and all of us can grow in our life with God through some of these fairly simple practices or even experiments in Christian faith. And this week, the focus that we have is on the spiritual practice of celebration. The spiritual practice of celebration. On the way in today, someone was trying to guess what it would be. They didn't guess it. So spiritual practice of celebration. I was thinking about this because this last week I was on a trip to the East Coast uh, for a family wedding in New Hampshire. And um, it was a beautiful scene. You can probably imagine it. An outdoor venue for a summer wedding in New Hampshire, looking out over those green hills and smelling the fresh air. No smoky fires over there. Everyone was looking their best. And at the and after the wedding service, we all went over to a cocktail hour and then into a, an open-air tent for supper. And after dinner, we were invited to move into this big barn that was all decorated because they said the couple is about to, to start their first dance. And we all went inside, and after the first dance, they said, okay, the dance floor is now open. Y'all come and join us. And it was a live band, so they started playing some Motown music. You know that good old Motown music? Kind of classic wedding reception type of stuff. And at that moment, at that very moment, and you might have been there before at a wedding reception, at a party, at a family celebration of some kind, at that moment, you have a choice to make. Either say, I'm going to hang back, stay at my table stay glued to my seat, continue this conversation, or you can choose and decide to get up, to dance, to sing, to join in and celebrate. There's a choice that we can make to bring celebration into our lives. Celebration, just like all the other spiritual disciplines, is an intentional choice. There's an old country music song that some of you will know. It's by Leanne Womack, and it's about getting involved in the things of life. This is what one of the lines says, and when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. Have you heard that song before? Some of you are going to be singing it all day long. 
Um, so at my cousin's wedding, there she is, Leanne Womack. My cousin's wedding, I got up with my Aunt Martha, and uh, we started to dance, and we had a great time. And then I looked out on the, on the dance floor, and there was my sister with her two little daughters, my nieces, who are four and two, cutting a rug right in the middle of the dance floor. And then I saw my, my, my cousin, Sula, and her new husband, the bride and the groom themselves, and they were smiling and laughing and dancing in the middle of all their family and friends. There they are. It was a beautiful scene. But then I looked up, and I noticed one person who wasn't dancing, and it was my other cousin, the sister of the bride. Now, she's younger than the rest of us. She's only 20 years old. And so maybe she was a little embarrassed by all those old people dancing, you know, and the way, the way we like to do it. <laughs> she was hanging back on the edge of the crowd. And I went over to her and asked her if, if she would like to come and would she come and dance with us. And she said, no. I asked her why. She said, I don't know the words to these songs. I don't know the words. So I don't know how to do it. I can't join you. I can't come out on the dance floor. I can't celebrate with you because I don't know the words. We're talking today about celebration as a Christian spiritual practice or discipline, something that you can take on or try out in a, as a way to um, enliven your life with God and with others. Celebration is intrinsically tied up with the Christian story. Remember, God brought Moses and the people out across the Red Sea in Egypt, out of slavery and into freedom. And as soon as they got across onto dry land, the first thing they did was they threw a party. They danced and sang. Miriam and the women, they led the way. They choreographed like a Bollywood dance sequence. It was awesome in my mind, but it was really awesome in person. Remember how when Jesus was born, all those songs that we sing year by year, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn king. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. In the gospel story, the angel says this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Jesus was born in joy and celebration. In his parables, in his teachings, Jesus shows us celebration as well. Remember the shepherd who had 100 sheep and one of them got lost? And he leaves the 99, and he goes to find the one. And when he does, he brings it back, puts it on his shoulders, and says, join with me in celebration for my sheep that was lost, is found. It was the same way with the woman who had 10 coins. You know these stories. And she lost one. And she cleaned the house and swept and looked under every rug and corner until she found it. And when she found her coin, her lost coin, the one coin, she told everyone about it. She said, join with me celebrate with me, for my coin that was lost is found. It was the same way in the prodigal son story, the way that a man had two sons and one went off and left his father and his family and wasted it all in dissolute living in a far-off country. And when he came back, his father didn't scold him. He didn't punish him. His father said, come, rejoice with me, celebrate with me. He threw a party for my son who was lost is found. My son who was dead is alive. Celebration is intrinsically bound up with the story of the people of God. Here's something you need to know as you consider the, the discipline of celebration. Celebration does not ignore the pain of life, but it acknowledges and gives thanks for the good. Celebration is not about ignoring 
the bad things of life, whistling past the graveyard, as they say, but it is about acknowledging and giving thanks for the good. If you want to grow in your Christian faith, one of the muscles that you need to develop is the capacity to give thanks, the capacity to be thankful, to say, "Mm, I have some good things going on. There's something good in my life. There's something positive in my marriage or with my friend or in my church or in the politics of our country or in our community, something that could be fraught sometimes, but you say, I'm going to look for the good. I want to give thanks. Giving thanks leads to joy and celebration. But I wonder during this pandemic time, you know, these days that we are in, this particular moment in history, uh, if you've ever done something like what I've done, what they call doom scrolling. Have you done any doom scrolling? This is a phrase, I hadn't heard it before, but it, it basically doom scrolling is when you open up your phone or maybe your computer and you start scrolling through the news. And you just see thing, item after item, which is like bad news like terrible things happening in the world, and you kind of wake up and start your day by doom scrolling. Have you done that? You haven't even gotten out of bed yet, and you've gotten a dose of the bad news of this world. I'm on a text stream with a group of friends from um, high school, and this week they were feeling overwhelmed by the, the times we're in. And one of them, he wrote a list and sent it to us. He said, I mean, wildfires, hurricanes, smoke, Afghanistan, Delta, politics. And then maybe you could add some things from your own life or your own family, things that are weighing you down. I want to suggest today that instead of doom-scrolling your way through life, that there is something different to try out this week. I want to share with you the discipline of celebration and ways to um, practice it for your faith. Why not try it out? Why not try it out as an experiment to see where it leads? Richard Foster, um, he writes this, Celebration is central to all the spiritual disciplines. Without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. Oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible to me. So let me show you a more excellent way. I was scared by that quote. I had to share it to you. Um, In our scripture passage today from the book of Acts, which is that New Testament uh, narrative about the early church, we see an example of how celebration can work. Peter and John were coming up to the temple, and they meet a man who was born lame, who was lame from birth. He couldn't walk. And so in that time and place, all that a person like this could do was to sit outside the temple and beg for money, ask for alms. And Peter and John, they come up to him, and they say this, silver and gold I have none, but what I have to you I give. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And the man in the story looks up at them, and he says, seriously? Are you kidding me? You don't have like one coin, one dollar for me? I'm asking here for money. You're wasting my time with this kind of chit-chat. Move along. I got to talk to the Pharisee behind you. But Peter insists, and he takes him by the hand, and he lifts him up, and the man's ankles and, and legs and feet become strong, and he, and he jumps up, and he starts to walk. And then he looks at Peter, and he says, great, now I'm unemployed. I can't even be a beggar anymore. What's next, a global pandemic? No, can you imagine if he had that kind of response to this great healing in his life? Can you imagine if a, a person who had great things going on was looking at the the shadow side of life. Can you imagine that? I can. I think we do that sometimes. 
Here's the truth. We live in a world that is full of these hard things, hard things going on around us. I gave you a list of just from the text group of my friends, but I'll bet you could um, add to it yourself. Some just from within our own church community this week that I have heard about cancer that returned, about the sudden death of a husband, about the burial of a son, about a relationship that is feeling pretty rocky, about COVID scares in local schools, a sense that maybe the future isn't going to be as good as the past. So here is the place, the exact place, where the practice of celebration becomes so important. In the midst of all the troubles of life, we who follow Jesus, we seek to give thanks and have a grateful heart for all that God has done for us. Amen? For all that God has done for us. The man in the story who is healed, he jumps up, he starts walking and leaping and dancing, I think, into the temple. He's praising God for the good and great things that have happened. He recognizes the good and he celebrates it. And in the story, the other people, you know, the other people who see it, who see him dancing and shouting and singing, they are also blessed. They receive a blessing because of his celebration. They're amazed at what they're seeing, and they are filled with awe and wonder. So it's a miracle story that's not just about the man himself, but it's also about the impact his celebration can have on others. It is good for us to celebrate and give thanks. It's also good for those around us. Okay, we're getting to the practical part, so hold on a second. How do we do it? How do we practice the um, discipline of celebration that will lead us toward a more thankful life for ourselves and for the good of others? Let me give you three ideas today. Three ideas. And if you have more of your own at lunch, you discuss them with your friends. Send me an email. Okay. First, how do we do, how do, we do this? How do we take on the practice of celebration? First, celebrate small things. Celebrate the small things. Maybe you have not been miraculously cured of all your ailments the way the man was in this story. So start small. I was on a walk last week with my grandmother um, back in suburban Philadelphia. And you know about my grandma. She's turning 99 in September. And uh, we went out. I pushed her out in her wheelchair. And we walked through the gardens of the place where she lives. And we noticed a branch on a tree where the whole branch was green, except for the tip. Just the tip had turned red. I'll show you a picture of it. And we stopped in our walk, and we looked at it, just the tip. Everything was green, but this one red part. And we talked about how it's a small thing, but it's the beginning of a change. Fall is coming. A new season is around the corner. And that little leaf was worth noticing. What's the little leaf that you could stop and notice this week in your life? Could you celebrate a very small thing, like one more day of sobriety, like a walk around the block without pain in your hip, like a call from an old friend and a chance to catch up a little bit, like a new season of your favorite Netflix show coming back. There's a lot of good things to celebrate. If you want to celebrate, start small and pay attention to your own life. When you see something, say something. This week, thank God for the little things in your life. Second, second, um, celebrate with music. Music. 
Celebrate with music. This is one you're going to enjoy. I want to give you the homework this week to um, listen to some music that you like or love or enjoy. Listen to some music that you like or love or enjoy. Listen at home, listen in your car, turn it up and sing along. Your car or your home this week can be your own personal monastery of rock, okay? It can be a place where you just get into the groove of whatever kind of music you like to listen to, even if it's just one song or, or while you're driving around town. Turn it up and listen to that music. I don't know what it is about music. Some of you already know this, but there's something about it that brings us towards celebration. Music lifts us. It opens us. It makes us smile or laugh. I'm thinking about my young cousin in the story who didn't know the words to those songs. So she didn't know how to celebrate. She couldn't join in. But I'll bet there's songs that you know all the words to from your youth. Some of them you wish you hadn't learned all those words, but you know them. You could sing along as soon as it comes on. Why not do it this week just to enjoy it, just to celebrate? If you need to, look up some words on Google, but be careful if you do. Um, so sing by yourself, sing in the shower, sing in your car, sing to or for somebody else. If you have young children, or grandchildren in the house, I want you to sing or dance for them. If you're a teacher, I see some of our teachers. Why not sing or dance for your students this week? I would love to hear about it. You'll be a TikTok sensation. Um, here's the thing. When you show your joy, it brings celebration to somebody else as well. Show your spouse some joy. Show your kids some joy. Show a friend your joy. Sing out loud. Remember that old song, This is the Light of Mine? I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. So you've got to do that with celebration. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Oh, we're just oh, Presbyterians over here. You've got to celebrate and let somebody know about it. We are seeking a counter-narrative to the way that our world thinks and acts. In a time of doom-scrolling, we're joy-seeking. Amen? In a time of doom scrolling in the world, we are joy-seeking people. We have a different way because we have a different God. And there's something amazing about seeing people dance or sing or smile or laugh. It's a gift to yourself and to others when you practice the spiritual discipline of celebration. So start small, use music, and here's the third one, tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. We are a church family, and so we hold on to that scripture that says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Every week in church, we share joy, uh, joys and concerns. We share, share prayer requests because we believe that when you tell somebody about it, it's powerful. You include them. So one practice for celebration this week is to tell somebody about it, especially in the family of faith. What are you thankful for? Where is God blessing you? What is going on that's right and good in the world? Why not tell a friend? It could, it could help you get into a thankful frame of mind to celebrate by telling somebody else. So you can tell me, you could tell our church office, you can text a friend. The practice is to have our church community, this place that we are, and even you online, you can tell me about it too, um, to be a place to share the good and the bad of life. If you have a reason to celebrate, why not encourage somebody else by sharing that good news? This past week, there was a woman in our church that we were able to help with an expense, a big expense in her life, something that was weighing her down, keeping her stuck. She couldn't move forward. 
So I told her, hey, our, your church family can help, and we talked about that, and we made a plan. And then she was so thankful and excited that she called her parents on the phone, like in another state, and she said, mom and dad, listen to what my church is able to do for me. And she put her parents on the phone, and we celebrated together by long-distance phone call. And it happened because she wanted to tell somebody about something good going on in her life. Here's something that we have learned during this pandemic. People are hungry for good news. People are hungry for good news. There's so much bad news in the world that when there's something that is worth celebrating, it needs to be shared. You know, maybe that's what the church is actually all about, isn't it? Sharing good news. Could be a text message to somebody that says, my test results came back negative, praise God. My child, my grandchild or child were just born healthy, sharing my joy. I'm graduating from college after all these years. Celebration and joy does not ignore pain or suffering, but in Christian faith, they happen in the midst of those realities. In Christian faith, we do not ignore pain and suffering, but joy and celebration comes right into the middle of it. That's what Jesus Christ did in coming to our world. So here's your homework, just for your note-taking selves. First, Start by noticing small things. Give thanks to God for the small mercies you notice in your life. It will tune your heart toward thanksgiving. Second, use the music that you love. Sing and dance in your car, in your house, with your family. Learn the words to those songs so you can sing along. Use music this week. Third, tell somebody about it. When other people ask or when other people hear about what God is doing, it causes them to celebrate too. Here's a dinner table conversation. What are you celebrating today? What are, you th- what are you celebrating after this week? And just talk about it. That's an easy in to the practice of celebration. The discipline of celebration, my friends, is a choice. The man that Peter healed could have taken it for granted, like I, like I explained. He could have walked away silently, but he got up and he danced his way into the temple. And so for you, this is my prayer, that when you get the chance to sit it out or dance. I hope you dance. Amen.